Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! All right, 204. It takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah! It takes two to make it out of sight. 204, McMonagle here with you. I'm losing my mind on a Friday. How's everybody doing out there? It is a football Friday. We'll get into the games. Haven't talked uh, talk too much about them. I'm excited for them. I think uh, the, 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 the first game and the last game are the two best. The AFC games are the better bunch. We'll get into it a little bit. We'll give you picks in the 3 o'clock hour with Marco. And we're going to do a little feature because I have to work in Take a Chance. I just have to play the song. I don't care. It's old. I don't care. I heard um, uh, Boomer and Geo in the morning talking about um, Lugie's music and the techno music. I, that's I, I appreciate that they like it, and I appreciate that uh, you know that's connecting to a younger audience. I don't care. I play ABBA, okay? That's just how it works. So I'm playing. Uh, I have to play. Take a chance. We'll do a little thing. We'll we'll, we'll each pick a game and do um, score total. And touched and a and a touchdown. Pick a guy who's going to score a touchdown. Something along those lines. We'll figure out exactly how we're going to do it. But we'll do something. We we'll take a chance. We'll give you a couple prop bets. We'll give you some picks. Uh, I got to go back and find out how we did last week. I think I went four and two. If that makes sense, we got to look at it. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. But we'll get into the games because I'm looking forward to it. Um. It's it's these are the two best weekends. Last weekend sucked though. Let's be honest. We enjoyed we enjoyed Dallas getting walloped and in embarrassing fashion. And we really enjoyed the Eagles. If you're a Giant fan, at least the Giant fan enjoyed both. I think all New Yorkers enjoyed watching the Eagles and Philadelphia take one on the chin. That was just glorious. Sounds like he's back, and we know we know that McCarthy is back. And McCarthy had a press conference. Uh, Mike McCarthy had a press conference uh, yesterday after, you know, finding out the news that he was going to be back. And he just made a – he's talking in circles. Like, he doesn't he doesn't even know what to say. I mean, he doesn't even know what to say. So so the comment he made, and he pretty much – and, I, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, that they have built a championship-winning culture, and they are a championship-winning team. They just haven't won a championship yet. And he knows how to win – Although he's lost in every big spot. Now, to be fair to him, and a lot of people have done it, you look at the records of him and Mike Tomlin over the last handful of years, they're exactly the same. Like, if you look at the last, he's, he's been the coach of the Dallas Cowboys for four years. If you look at Tomlin's record and his record for those four years, it's almost identical. Both of them have the only one playoff win, and yet Mike, and, and both of them only have one Super Bowl in their history. They both have a championship, so they both have a championship. They both have, have had winning but unsuccessful postseason teams for the last handful of years. The only difference is you would say Dallas, at, certainly at the quarterback position, once Roethlisberger retired, uh, for sure, and even at the back end of Roethlisberger's career, but Dallas has probably had the better team. But still, it's my, everybody loves Mike Tomlin. He's, he's, he's going to get a contract extension. How does Pittsburgh ever let him go? Got the same record as Mike McCarthy. Over the last handful of years, they both only have won one Super Bowl. I mean, it's not it's not that crazy. But people go nuts. And that's why I think the comments from McCarthy are uh, just an absolute ridiculous. And I would have fired McCarthy. I, I want to make that clear. I would have fired him. I'm shocked they didn't. I think that's pro- – I, I do think that he has – taking them as far as he can take them. But what I don't like, or what I don't agree with necessarily, is the the thought that Jerry Jones now, like, either doesn't care about winning, which is ridiculous, or, you know, is somehow afraid of winning, or, uh, like, that's what you hear a lot, like, oh, he's lost his fastball, it's clearly not, if, if it's all about winning, then you fire him because you haven't won. And I totally disagree. I totally disagree. While I still would have fired him, if I, you know, if I were Jerry Jones, I would have moved on. I understand Jerry Jones's thought process and how he believes this is what's best for winning. He's stuck, stuck with Dak Prescott. 
And I think in two ways, this was a move about Dak Prescott. One, it's putting a little bit more pressure and a little bit more blame for what happened on Dak Prescott than the coach. But it's also the realization is there's nothing to do but play Dak Prescott. They're in no position to get another quarterback. He was in the MVP conversation. He had an excellent year. And they're forced to play him. So if you're forced to play Dak Prescott, why would you take away a coach that when he, they made the change to go to him as, as offensive play caller, he flourished and had a great year. And their offense and the, the, the connection between him and Lamb specifically was dynamic and their passing attack was dynamic and he was up for MVP. And while it ultimately ended in failure, and, and as much as I may think and you may think and we may be right that McCarthy's led team is doomed to end in failure, when you're in the middle of it, and you've watched them all year, and you own the team, and you just want to get back to that spot and hope you play better in that game, the best, and I think this is a fair argument, the best way to get back to that game is to continue on the road of Mike McCarthy calling plays for Dak Prescott. It's a proven formula. So when you're at his age, that Jerry Jones is, and you're dealing with a team that you're desperately trying to win, and you want to do it in short order, as much as you might think the coach is an idiot and cost them that game and the the way they showed up in that game, the way the team played in that game is such a that it's such an indictment on the coach that I would have fired him. But I'm not at Jerry Jones's age, and I'm not dying for a championship, and so I understand why they're even turning their back on the idea of maybe getting Bill Belichick or maybe getting Vrabel, or maybe getting Harbaugh. And why they're turning their back on it, or why Jerry Jones specifically is turning his back on it, because he wants to win now. And what if that doesn't work? He knows Dak and this offense work with McCarthy. And maybe another year under their belt of it, they get back to the same spot, and that game will be different. As much as you or I think it won't be, and as much as you or I think that there's a level that McCarthy can take this team, it's hard when you're when you know you have everything invested in this to make a move on that when you know you have a proven formula. That's why I think complete anyone who says, "Well, Jerry Jones has lost his fastball; he doesn't care about winning." I think this move, even though it's the wrong one to me, is completely about the idea that he's desperate to win. I think the desperation for the win is exactly why he's not making the move. Because he's got a proven formula of winning success to get back to the playoffs and to get the best out of Dak Prescott, which he doesn't have an ability to move on from. At the end of this year, at the end of Dak's contract, and the end of Mike McCarthy's contract, maybe he has no choice but to see if he can get another quarterback and move on. But right now... How, what other quarterback are they going to get? Are you going to go, would you rather go about it getting a new coach and so, and somehow getting out of Dax last year of his contract and going to pay Kirk Cousins? Do you think Kirk Cousins takes the cow, the Cowboys, another guy who's failed in every big spot? Like what what quarterback do you get that puts you in a better position with, 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 with even with a great head coach, even with a Hall of Fame coach? I would have done it. I would have tried to bring Harbaugh here with every fiber of my being and gone about it with a different quarterback because I no longer trust this. But I don't have to win next year. I'm 40, thankfully. I can. I. I think the desperation to win is exactly why he kept McCarthy. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Let's get back to the phone calls. We got uh, Mitch in Mystic, Connecticut. What's up, Mitch? See, Mac, I, I left you alone over the holidays, but I'm back and better than ever. Oh, I'm, I can't wait for it, Mitch. All right, I'm no going to break down the Giants draft in 15 seconds, and it's going to be a genius, and then you feel free to blow me up after that. All a right, go. And plus, <laughs> quarterback will not be drafted in the first round. We've talked about this numerous times, one way or the other. If you are in love with a right tackle, please take one and move Neil inside the guard. If you are not in love with a right tackle, best player available, till, uh, still too many spots to fill. Let's go. Not a bunch of crazy trades. 
best player available at your pick. Move Neil inside if you're in love with the right tackle. If not, don't. Best player available. Thanks, C-Mac. You love got you, it, Mitch. Have a good one. You got it, buddy. You couldn't be more wrong, but uh, I appreciate the phone call. I think that's under normal circumstances, best player available is the rote answer, and it's usually the right one. It is not this time. Uh, listen, best player available at six, if you don't love a quarterback, is what they're going to do, and it's what they should do. If they can't move up and the quarterback they love or one of the quarterbacks they're willing to draft there is gone, if all three are gone, and that's, I mean, listen, that's just the, it's the proverbial thought. It's the obvious thought that those that the three quarterbacks are maybe worthy of drafting in the top six, and that I don't think Michael Penix or Bo Nix, that next class, that next crop underneath the top three, are worthy of it. So let's assume, which is an assumption, obviously, but let's just assume that the Giants feel that way. That's conventional wisdom, at least as I see it. So let's assume the Giants feel that way. And they can't move up, and all three quarterbacks are gone at six. Then you get, you take the best player available. And hopefully I would look at offensive linemen there or wide receiver. And I would hope if the three quarterbacks are off the board, I, I can get one of those. I, in fact, I, well, you know you can get probably one of the top two tackles or one of the top two wide receivers. You're going to be able to get one of those uh, position players. So, yeah, I get the idea. But until that moment happens, I'm doing everything I can to get my quarterback. I'm sorry, there's no other answer in my mind. I don't know. It's not crazy trades. It's just a trade. Trade. It's six to one isn't crazy. I'm not asking to move up from 25 to one. It's six to one. It's not that crazy. If the Bears are looking to trade, I mean, who, if they're, if, if, if they're looking to trade, who's, who's in a better scenario? I mean, I guess Washington, New England. I don't think the Cardinals, if they're, if the, I don't think the Cardinals are looking to draft a quarterback. So I doubt they would move up. But I mean, if Washington wants to make sure they get their guy, and New England, same thing. They're in better positions to move up. But then I would trade back. I would even and if and if and that would mean that the Bears are not looking for a quarterback. And then I can move up from two or three. Like I can try and move and and Carol and and uh, excuse me, Chicago could really clean house. They can move back to two and then move back to six and and get a ton of picks. But I'm doing whatever I can to get one of those top three quarterbacks in the conventional wisdom that the Giants would feel that way about the top three. But even if it, if it's if it's only two for them, then I figure out a way to get to the top two. I just that's what I try and do. And until I can't do that, that's what I'm doing. I don't. I, I, the idea. So if at six a quarterback is there, like let's just say craziness happens. I wish Mitch wouldn't hung up because I would love to ask him this. I mean, what if the best player available is a quarterback under some crazy circumstance? What if May, for whatever reason, drops? Like it's draft day and they find out that, you know, none of his teammates went to his birthday party. And suddenly he starts dropping. And now you're at six and Drake May is available. What do you do? Do you still stick by your guns of drafting the best player available? Because my indication is, and my thought process is, you don't want to draft a quarterback. It's not even so much best player available. You don't want the quarterback. They go hand in hand for you, Mitch. So if the best player available is a quarterback, do you still stick with it? As unlikely as that may be. But the Giants need a quarterback. Daniel Jones is not it. Like, he's just not it. And now with the injuries, he is not it. You got to draft a quarterback. Tyler in Queens. What's up, Tyler? Uh, um, I was going to talk about hockey. Just The problem with hockey but I'll talk about football. But let me. Just you can talk about both. Problem, you can leave with your hockey point. That's fine. Good. Yeah, I got you. No, the problem with hockey is hockey's an unbelievable sport, but it's just stuck in a bubble because unfortunately, it's just played mostly by rich white people, and there's just there's no culture to it, like in the pop culture, you know, like Sidney Crosby kind of moves the needle, and so did Gretzky, but it doesn't have that kind of like the superstars aren't there. Outside. Yeah, it just it, it and it's mostly just. European people's names that you can't pronounce and you don't know who the best player is. McDavid's a great player, but like yeah. he's wherever it's that's the issue with hockey. Like hockey exists in a bubble and it's an unbelievable sport and it really deserves more of its due. But unlike basketball or soccer, you can't pick it up and go play outside at any time. That's what makes yep. That, that is that is that that's true. You also, I mean, you can't. You're not going to go out and buy the latest Sidney Crosby ice skate like the sneakers. Um, yeah. help help the NBA as well, all that stuff with the young kids at least. Uh, and the NFL is just king. 
And, uh, you know, Major League Baseball has been the pastime for forever. I think all that plays into it. And you're right. There's a lot of Europeans. It's uh, uh, less Americans than every other sport. Half of, you know, I don't know if it's half, but a lot of the league plays in Canada. Um, it's, it is a little bit different. But in Canada, it's... The you know a huge sport and a and a, and you know the 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 I mean so they make it work well, in Canada that it's one of the it's it's their national sport. Well, that's why I I, I say within the bubble it's in just just be ha- like I hear hockey fans like oh it should be more popular than this and be like just be happy where you are like you don't even want other people coming in they don't understand it just be happy that you have the fans that appreciate it you're getting a better TV contract. Yeah, and I just think sometimes yeah I, I agree with you I don't think many. I don't think they care about the popularity so much, whether it's better than basketball, what the ratings are. I think oh, they, all the I think time. All, all my friends growing up, they'd always be like, oh, why are we watching basketball right now? We got the NHL games going on. This mm-hmm. that. There'll always be a, there's always a tit for tat that way. Right. I guess in so. General, I think for us, they, they want to, yeah. But but if you're if all but your like, friends okay. rather watch hockey, that hurts your argument at the same time. It's like a, it's a Yogi Berryism. Uh, you know, well, nobody, I, nobody talks about hockey uh, except all my friends. Well, I grew up in North Jersey. You know, it's like basically Long Island. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not out there in, in like Chicago or something like that, or or down in Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's just where I grew up. Right. You know. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, because yeah, I had hockey fans growing up. We were big on the Rangers. Yeah. Um, but it's just not. You know, it's much easier. Like like you're saying too. Like you can't put on like Sydney Crosby. You can't just and, and you can't just down. you can't just yeah. get a, you can't just get a bat and a ball and go out there with a couple of friends and pitch to each other. You can't just yeah. pick up a basketball, go down to the local court. You can't get a football and throw it around. Uh, you got to have an ice rink or a roller. You know, I guess you could do it rollerblades or even deck hockey. But yeah, I get you. I get your point. What's your football point? Uh, dude, just be very happy that the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to run back with two terrible coaches and won't clean up either Vrabel, uh, Belichick, or Harbaugh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why they like. I understand if it's like a down year and there's not a lot of coaches. Like, just run it back. But you, you have, you have top. Top, That's top what makes it even more puzzling. You're right. It, it adds that element of you You have legitimately, uh, in the case of Belichick, generational coaches. And I think Harbaugh uh, is that good. And I think Harbaugh is probably coming to the NFL. I talked about that earlier. When you, have, when you are looking for language inside your contract to stay in college that you won't be fired for more violations, uh, you probably have an indication that either violations are coming or like, it's time to just move on. So I would I would hope that Harbaugh comes to the comes to the NFL. I'm thinking he will. So yeah, you are passing up on generational coaches, and I think Vrabel's that good too. But I understand it. I may be the only one who understands it. Now, everyone was screaming about it, and I get it. I would have fired. I want to be clear. I would have fired him too. But I'm not Jerry Jones, desperate for a championship, who has no ability to move on from Dak Prescott right now, and he feels like Dak Prescott, besides how awful he was in that game, had an incredible season. With Mike McCarthy calling the plays. And he's afraid that what if I make the change and it doesn't work? Now I've given up on this year. Even if it's the benefit of two years from now, he's playing this thing year to year. I get it. I disagree with him, but I get it. Leo in Brooklyn. What's up, Leo? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I want to talk about the Rangers and their recent struggles. And I was just like your last caller opened up with hockey isn't as popular because rich white kids play it. I yeah, mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I kind of moved on from that part of it. I, I think um, his his point was is that you have to like it's it's not something you just go down to the local you know playground and play yeah, hockey. For I don't, yeah, I don't get how you uh, come on the air and say that, but whatever. Um, makes no sense, but um, I went through with the Rangers' recent struggles, and uh, you know, you go Shostak, and yeah, you know. He's uh, he's been inconsistent, but I mean, come playoff time, I mean, you know, he's been one of the best. But you you got to get there. That's the problem. And I know what you're saying, but you you have to get to the playoffs. And you know, his recent struggles is you have to just play him. I mean, I think that's the, that's. Oh the, no, you have to no. You can't make. He's your goalie. There's no question about yeah, it. Now I mean, you you have to play him. I wouldn't. Ch- I, I think there was a caller if you were listening earlier who, suggest, who kind of slightly intimated playing quick. Uh, I I listen. I play quick when I have to play quick, but. Uh, I think Quick's been kind of more consistent, though. You get better efforts from him consistently, but it's sporadic playtime. But no, you need Igor to be Igor. There's nothing else to do but to play him. The question is, yeah, I'm concerned yeah. about him. Let me ask you a question. What do you do? You, do you think Igor has like that uh, desperation to win? Do you think Igor yeah, I was ha- has yeah. a fire in him? 
I remember when you brought that up. Yeah. Listen, I think he's very, very like people. People show their emotions differently. Just because he's not throwing his helmet, right? You know, breaking the stick over the crossbar like like Hank was. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I think he does have the eagerness to win. And listen, he's gonna have to, and we're gonna find out because listen, when you want to win, you win. I don't care. I don't care. When you want to win, you win. And but the team they build around him, I don't know the defense like Keandre Miller like these last two weeks. Like is he is he a defenseman? Is he a forward? Like what is it? Like who's yeah. the guy that? Who's the guy that made him change his position? Like, I want to speak to him. Like, I don't understand because he's a minus on the ice every single time. And he's always on the ice when, the, when, a, when they let up a goal. It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. And I don't know what – they're going to have to do something at a deadline because the deadline oh, is going to it all. No, they're going to have to – yeah, Drury's going to have to figure something out in the deadline. No question about it. Yeah, but um, I want to make one more point before you, yeah, before you hang up uh, about the Yankees and yeah. showmen. So you saw you saw today what he was saying this and that you know he says like he's gonna prove us you know he's gonna try to turn his career path around yep. like what is he gonna like I'm a Yankee fan I'm a Yankee fan huge Yankee fan but like what is he gonna say like the team just paid him twenty million like what these fans are like all jumping over him now like what is he gonna say to the guy he's gonna say like I want to prove you got I want to prove all the like dead doubters like right like I don't get it like yes I you know we don't know for sure well, we're just gonna find out but yeah but what I do you mean. Think, you don't take anything from it. I just think my point is is that it wasn't if it, it's it's ultimately all of it's not that big of a deal, and you move on from it real quick. Oh, he's got how he's going to answer this question about having a problem with Cashman. He answered it in one question. It was no big deal. Like you just you yeah, move on I mean, from it, and you know he's a, a solid pitcher, and hopefully he 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 stops going at people on Twitter and saying and 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 picking yeah. every and getting involved in every discussion and going after on with anyone. Like he needs to stop doing that. But ultimately, like I, I, I think it's it's a it's it's a clean slate. Is my point? It's it's yeah. what happens and, moving forward. And the thing is, one more point. The thing is, I don't want this to be a distraction from from anything, and I want this to be a staple in everyone's head right now that the Yankees have not done enough to become uh, become better uh, to become a World Series contender. They've, well, they've I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think so I, many things to do. Yeah, I think they're a world. I think they are a World Series contender. Uh, I I just don't I think. Know. Well, let me. Do you do you think the Arizona Diamondbacks are a World Series contender? But the thing is, the Arizona Diamondbacks had. I, I think. Listen, I think they have a solid one-two punch. You got Zach Gallen, and you got that guy if, Fat. That if Arizo- if the Arizona has. Diamondbacks and the Yankees played a seven-game series tomorrow, who's the favorite? <laughs> well. Who's the favorite? Diamondbacks. Who's the, who's the, 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 who's the betting the, favorite? But put betting aside, as a baseball fan, I think the Diamondbacks. You think the, the Diamondbacks would be be the favorite over the Yankees in a seven-game series if it started tomorrow? The Diamondbacks are the defending National League champion. I understand and that. Miss the playoffs. I so I think the Diamondbacks. Well, I'm I'm I think you I think Vegas and most people would disagree with you, and that's my mm-hmm. point. My point is you're right. That they were the defend, they're the defending National League champ, and they beat the they beat the Dodgers, uh, and and they beat Philly. If you put Philly and the Arizona Diamondbacks right now on the field for a seven game series, Philadelphia is an overwhelming favorite. That it's 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 a crapshoot. Yeah. Is my point. The Yankees are absolutely good enough to win the World Series yeah. right now. Right. And Mike's just telling me now the Rangers won the World Series and they are currently the fifth betting favorite. Are the Yankees ahead of them or no? Yeah, Yankees yep. and Astros are third and fourth. The Braves are second. Dodgers first. Right. So the Yankees right now, and I know Vegas, it might not mean anything, but it's smart people. So right now the Yankees are more are favored to win the World Series more than the the team that just won the World Series. Want to guess where out of thirty the Diamondbacks rank? 14th. Close. 13th. 13th. Yep. The Rays are ahead of them. The Cardinals, the Mariners, Twins, Orioles, teams like that. Yep. And that's the team that just won the the National League Championship and was playing in the World Series. So the Yankees haven't been to a World Series since 2009. Uh, They won 82 games last year. And the last time they were in the playoffs, they got embarrassed and swept in the ALCS. And they added Juan Soto, and now they are the fourth favorite to win the World Series. And the team that was just in the World Series is thirteenth. I mean, that tells you right there what's gone. What's 
It's a crapshoot. The Arizona Diamondbacks getting to the World Series is an absolute fluke. Would it surprise you if the Diamondbacks win 80 games this year? It would not. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If you told me the, the Diamondbacks win 80 games this year, I would not even flinch at that. That's it's how it is. So when you, add, when you tell me the Yankees are not a World Series contender, I think you're being foolish. They absolutely are a World Series contender. What they're not is, in my mind, a World Series favorite. They are not the team that what I wanted is a Yankee team that when you looked at the landscape of the American League, you said to yourself, you're going to have to go through the Yankees you want to win the World Series. Now I don't necessarily feel that way. I think you still probably have to go through Houston, right? You still probably, in my mind, have to go through Texas, even though the odds say different with Vegas, but until they're proven otherwise. uh, And if they don't sign Montgomery, maybe it changes, but whatever. My point is the Yankees have to go through people. They're good enough to go through people. If everything works out, the Yankees currently are good enough to actually do it, but they're not the favorite, but they are a contender. They're good enough to win the World Series. They are. They are. It's silly to say otherwise. Ryan and Manalapin. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, C-Mac? Good, buddy. How are you? I, great, great. I think the Yankees are one move away from being World Series favorites. I agree. And I know you're going to disagree with me because you said it last week. Josh Hader. Yeah. Hader is the closer we need. Everybody gets pushed back. Mm-hmm. could gets a seventh. Yeah, Clay I mean, Holmes gets the eighth, and we go to war. I think the Yankees are ready to go on a run if we get Josh Hader. It's not the it's not a it's it's by no means a dumb idea, or I don't totally disagree with you. I know. I, I just he, I, I he just wants a hundred million. He wants a hundred million dollars, and the and they I just don't trust. It's I know he's been one of the best relievers in baseball, if not the best reliever in baseball. Relievers are so fickle. It's at the at. I still feel like I. I don't think you're going to get the best of them. I feel like the best of them is gone. You still might get one hell of a pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to get the best of Hater anymore. I. I, I, I and but do you trust Clay Holmes in that spot more than him? No, no. I tr- I would trust Hater more than Clay Holmes, but Clay Holmes isn't making a hundred million dollars. And I trust the Yankees to do one thing: build a bullpen. Like all for everything else, the lineup, the starting. The one thing I know they're pretty good at is finding arms that nobody's ever heard of suddenly being really good. Like, I, I just, I, I think they're really good at building a bullpen. And, yeah, I mean, Bader, uh, Hader makes a big difference at closer, and thank you, Ryan, up against the break here. Uh, but I just, I don't like the idea of giving $100 million and limiting, and then, you know, if that might, that's money that might have to go to Soto next year, and it's worth it for a starting pitcher. I don't know if it's worth it worth it for him as the closer. I just don't know. Now, listen, if the, if the Yankees sign... Hater tomorrow, I'm all in. I'll, I'll be the first one to say, "All right, listen, let's go." Now we got a legitimate, great closer. That bullpen should be excellent. Bring back Wandy Peralta on top of that, and we're done. And then that, uh, let's go, let's go. And I feel a lot better about the team. I will. They'll be a better team than they are today. I just, I'd rather see that. I'd rather spend 150 or 160 on Snell than I would spend. And and who knows? The market might fall to that. We'll see. I still don't think they would do it now that they've added Strowman. I just don't see $100 million, and I'd rather spend that money elsewhere. I'd rather spend a little bit more than that on a starter than that on a reliever. That's just how I feel about it. But, hey, they do it tomorrow, then there's going to be a lot of people who agree with you. I th- I, I've spoken to Evan. I know Evan agrees with you. Like, if you get hater, you feel a lot better about this team. I just still don't know if it's the right move. It's I, I'll be the first to tell you I'm I'm willing to, to be open about stuff. It's a little bit hypocritical of me because I'm all in on 24. I'm all in on 24, and there's no doubt that makes them a better team for this next coming year. And that's all I'm focused on. So, on some level, I agree with you. I just think it could be better spent, and I just don't see the Yankees doing it. And it's a position where they just they figure it out. They're they're really good at figuring it out, better than almost any team in baseball. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Nix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
Yeah, you know, this song is appropriate right now because I was going to come out and talk about um, this movie trailer that I saw that just was the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's about, apparently, about a sex addict. I guess the movie is kind of about a sex addict who constantly is getting married. I don't know. But Jennifer Lopez's new movie, it's called This Is Me. They just released a new trailer, and I'm up on trailers. New, I check IMDb twice a day. It's just like one of my go-to websites. Like, for whatever reason, like, here's the example of what IMDb is for me, for whatever reason. If the Wi-Fi isn't working in my house or something, and then I think it's working, like, it's like, oh, just see if the Wi-Fi is working. I'll type in IMDb. I don't know why. I always do. Like, that's the, my go-to site. I love movies, love trailers. And this trailer is the most puzzling, weird, hard to explain. I mean, there's parts of it she's getting married. There's parts of it that look like dream sequences. There's parts of it that are musicals. She looks like she's, you know, one, she's working in a factory. Then she's some sort of dancer in a, a glass studio. Then she's getting married to to two or three different men, but the wedding's exactly the same. Like I, I am, I am completely lost. They just casually one day she walk, like casually she walks into her apartment. All her friends are there, and like we think you're a sex addict, and she's like, no, I'm not. And then she's marrying people, and then they're doing musicals. It is the weirdest trailer. I could not like you watch a movie trailer. Typically, you could be able to explain or have an idea what kind of movie you're going to watch. And if someone said to you, "Well, what would you think about the trailer?" You can explain. Well, I think like for example, I just talked about yesterday. The Adam Sandler, where he's going to be in space. He's an astronaut. Like, a legitimate, it's, a, it's probably going to be somewhat comedic. It's, it's Adam Sandler. But, like, he's in space on some sort of mission. And it's taking a long time. It's going to be years or whatever. And his wife's mad at him for leaving. And he misses his wife. And he's lonely up there. And then there's some sort of alien creature that looks like a spider. And you, you're going to be riding the whole movie wondering if it's in his head or he's actually met this alien. Boom. Easy peasy. I don't know all the details, but that's the gist of the movie. A lonely astronaut, Adam Sandler, meets an alien or does he or is his mind playing tricks with him and he's he's dealing with loneliness and isolation. Done. I don't know what the hell this Jennifer Lopez movie is. I have no idea. And now I'll be the first to tell you, I have zero interest in it. It could have looked like the best trailer in the world. I wasn't going to, you know, spend the one movie every three years I'm allowed to go see on, on a J-Lo movie. I'll be totally honest with you. Not that I dislike her or anything. But I'm telling you, go watch this trailer and then try to explain to me what the hell is going on. Because I have no idea. And typically, bad trailers make bad movies. Now, it goes the other way a lot. Where there are great trailers that end up being terrible movies. Because trailers are easy to make. For the most part. That's why I'm so puzzled by this one. Like, there's a couple that jump out at me right off the bat. For whatever reason, were great trailers, sold me on the movie, and then I went there, and it was absolute dog trash. All right? Just terrible. The first one, for whatever reason, I don't even know if you remember the movie, but Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow was a Jude Law... Um, Jude Law was the main character, and then what's her name? Um, Tomb Raider, married to Billy Bob Thornton, married to uh, Angelina Jolie. So it's Anna, Angelina Jolie and Jude Law, and it's like shot like a 1940s um, up up in the sky airplane movie, and it looked awesome. Just the, the it was like half black and white, like just the the way it looked to me was I was completely sold on it, and then it was like. She she was like a pirate or something. Like she had she had like an eye patch. She looked sexy. She looked good. Uh, you know, Jude Law at the time was was big, and it just I was like, wow, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. It had that like that nineteen forties oh Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow like that kind of like introduction to it. It looked cool. The the sets looked awesome, and I was like, yeah, that movie's gonna be awesome. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was awful. And then, for whatever reason, I remember Spider-Man 3. And just, just straight up trailers. The Spider-Man 3 trailer was with Tobey Maguire, the third Spider-Man. That trailer was awesome. And it had Venom, which was a character I knew of, and Topher Grace I liked. And I was like, that trailer was sick. I was like, that movie's going to be awesome. Spider-Man 3 was the worst thing ever. Did you ever see Spider-Man 3? 
where he gets like half a little bit of evil and he's they have an entire dancing montage. Most disappointing movie experience of my life. Really? You're with me. We had so I was in high school yeah. and we had like a bunch of people we all went to. You know, the movie theater was like, you know, t- five, ten minute walk from the mall. Yeah. So we bought tickets on Fandango and this was back in the day when no assigned seats, so you had to get there. So we went to the mall a little bit after school, but yeah. got to the theater hour plus early. We had a large group to make sure we all got good seats, snacks, everything loaded up. And sitting there during the movie after loving the first two sure. and the trailer. And, you know, when, after it hits like an hour 15, you're like, when, when does when does this start to get good? Yeah, that was, and then it just, it gets worse. Oh, it was terrible. And for whatever reason, I just remember, because I liked the first two as well. And then I, the trailer was just excellent. I was like, this might be the best one yet. This Spider-Man this- 2 might have been one of the Best movie theater yeah. experience. Yeah, Spider Man Two was awesome. That's the one with Doctor Doc Ock, right? That was, yeah, yeah, that was like, the first one was really good. Yeah. But then the second one was yeah. just and then obviously it's before any of the MCU stuff. So back no, then, that was the first a comic real book super... movie being like that. It's before the Nolan Dark Knight movies. Yeah, no, Spider Man was really the first, at least on my, I mean, on 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 my radar. That was like the first real superhero comic book movie was Spider Man, and yeah, they were good. And then that third one, and I remember the trailer just being. So good, and then the movie was terrible. And there's a lot of those. And apparently, I haven't seen it yet, but I was blown away. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is under normal circumstances, I would have already seen this, but kids and life. But apparently, Napoleon sucks with with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I haven't seen it. The new Napoleon movie. I thought the trailer was spectacular. I was like, this is. I mean, I think he's a terrific actor. Napoleon is such an interesting character uh, in history. I would love uh, that's going to be awesome and apparently it sucks. Everyone everyone hates it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that but I've heard it's bad. You know yeah. another one where the trailer was all, and obviously like Spider-Man 3 this one had even more hype and anticipation. The trailer you still go back and watch the trailer for this movie. Right. And it's awesome it almost makes you forget how disappointing the actual movie was. Yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy but yeah, I could see that. I remember that. Now that's Phantom Menace is the first one, right? The, or the first of the new the ones. The first of yeah, With Liam the Neeson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which have you seen the stuff about Liam Neeson that's out there right now? Not to keep getting on the. Have you seen the stuff that's going that the rumors about Liam Neeson? So Liam Neeson, if you if you haven't, I think it's on Barstool. I've seen it other places. Apparently, there's like a ton of pictures. Like I don't think it's fake, unless I'm being duped. I don't think so. There are a ton of pictures out there of Liam Neeson. Where he has wet his pants, like if you, there's like pictures where he has like wet stains, and not just like little tiny, you know, dabs like legit puddles, <laughs> or what looks like a big wet stain in his pants. Like Liam Neeson has trouble controlling his bladder or something, and gets caught at all these events or whatever, and he's and he's got uh, like these wet stains that he's, he's having trouble controlling his bladder. Which has also led to the conversation that I was unaware of, but apparently he is doing very well down there in that department. Like he has a very large uh, situation down there, and that could be leading to the issue. I don't know. But so, like, that's, that's, I saw that where Liam Neeson and his extremely large penis is hard to control. So, that's what's going on with Liam Neeson, who's a, a tremendous actor, pardon the pun. I mean, I love Liam Neeson. Big Liam Neeson guy. From from I, I remember as a kid, very few movies, and it's not a great movie, but very few movies scared me as much as Dark Man did. Did you ever see Dark Man? So Dark Man, it's I I guess it was a comic book movie, but he's like a scientist and he's trying to come up with uh like uh new skin where if you were burned or whatever, he he could build you skin. Like so that's like what he's working on as a scientist. And Someone wants the technology, I forget, or the money, and like bad guys come in and blow the place up, and now he's a big burn victim, and he goes, he's, he's, you know, his face is half off, he could barely just see his top jaw, like it's really bad, and then he goes back to his lab and starts to do it and makes skin for himself, and then he becomes like a kind of a, a dark vigilante going after the bad guys, but certainly not a good guy. I don't know, it was a good movie, uh, Dark Knight with Liam, ne- uh, not Dark Knight, uh, Dark Man with Liam Neeson. He scared the hell out of me. But, I, yeah, Liam Neeson, obviously, just, the you know, from all the different, just the, 
The other one that was tough to watch was Nell. Did you ever watch Nell with Liam Neeson? It's uh, Jody Jody Foster plays uh, like a, a mentally challenged woman that they find in the woods. She screams the whole movie. That's what makes it hard to watch, right? But that was, Nell was a, a pretty good movie. And then uh, obviously Schindler's List. He's spectacular. And then now he's had this resurrection of a career where he's of uh you know uh, action figure well after ta- i mean he was Tankers. and he was yeah obviously schindler's list you mentioned phantom menace yeah and he's i think he's a bright spot of phantom menace he's yeah. really good in that movie batman begins and then taken just put him on this like other level of yeah they've been trying to like rip that movie off for like the last 15 no, years no doubt he's constantly making another Walk also an incredible i don't know if you ever saw this the ted sequel ted 2 yes incredibly funny cameo yes in that. A, a very good cameo in ted 2 that's true he has, he's had a couple of good cameos. Uh, he did some um, in a TV series with uh, the British comedian who was roasting everybody at the Golden Globes. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. His TV show on HBO, he had a hilarious, hilarious uh, cameo on that where he wants to get into comedy and they're like brainstorming. He's like, all right. So he comes in for a meeting and they're like brainstorming. And he's like, all right, so let's just let's uh, let's just improv. You're at a You're at a supermarket, right? And we walk up to each other and he's just like, you know, he walks up to me. He's like, uh, yes, uh, how much are those tomatoes? I have cancer. Like, everything became dramatic, and he didn't know how to act comedy. And I was like, well, maybe maybe you shouldn't bring up that you have cancer within five minutes of meeting the store clerk. Like, it was it was just very funny. I need those tomatoes because they're good for my cancer. <laughs> it was All right, we've been on uh, long enough. Well, Alan in Atlanta wants to talk about some movie thoughts. What's up, uh, uh, Alan? Yo, C-Mac, what's going on? New what's York, up? Stand up. Uh, how y'all doing out there? See, when I was living in New York for a hot minute, there was no, like, there was no driving movie theater like it was down here in Atlanta, right? You guys have a and lot of, dri- you have a lot of driving movie theaters? Yeah. Driving movie so, theaters? Yeah, my first experience was, uh, Independence Day. You, 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 you watched two movies and yes. you missed like the first half of the first one, they'll replay it after the second one. Right. So the first time I went was Independence Day with X-Men. Awesome combination. Yeah, that is a good combination. Like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you started talking about the movies and the superheroes, and I just realized, like, you know, John Constantine, the first one with Keanu Reeves? Yep. Great movie. I I like Constantine. I do. That's a good movie, too. Do you know that they are making the second one? He's already... I've heard heard that forever, and I didn't... uh, Are they going to do it? Yes, they are going to do it. no Constantine... There's no trailers yet, but they're going to work on it. Yeah, so that was also another one I want to bring up and tell you, you know, look up on I Am... DD because IMDb. Yeah, because even though Keanu Reeves kind of like is like, well, there's eh, another guy come- who's become a an action star, obviously with The Matrix and John Wick, and another guy with like a bunch of franchises too. I mean, yeah, yeah, and 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 a, and a great thing about him too, he does his own stunts as well. You know, yeah, and and I remember when I first watched John Wick and I see Keanu Reeves doing all this dope stuff, I'm like, hold up, yeah, and then I realized like, oh yeah, that's right, he is. D1. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. Well, but uh, it's, it's great talking to you, Chris. Man. Oh, I'm thank you, buddy. Now, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, just a little uh, movie talk. And Will Smith turned down Neo in The Matrix. It's a different movie with Will Smith. He also turned down Django. Did he really? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx rolled uh, yeah. went to him because Will Smith turned it down. Yeah. People, uh, what's his name? Um, I, I, I saw an interview where Matt Damon said he turned down Avatar. Smart move, I guess. Uh, yeah. Makes a lot of money. Um, can you imagine? Like, yeah, some of the the people that and there's a lot of stories like that. Um, where you couldn't we imagine over who would have been Morpheus this, if yeah. Will Smith took the role, right? Or who they were eyeing because it wasn't Lawrence Fishburne. No, it was Val Kilmer. That is a completely different movie. And I, they're both great. Yeah, it, there's no way the movie is as legendary as it is. I wouldn't think with but those you never two know. instead yeah. of Keanu no. and Lawrence Fishburne. I, I agree. You wouldn't think part of the reason the new one was such a disaster was because Lawrence Fishburne isn't in it. I still haven't seen it. I haven't even seen the new one. I don't know if I care about it to see it, honestly. But I do like, you know, I I like Keanu Reeves. And he was great in that movie. But that would have been, and I love Val Kilmer too. Val Kilmer's an underrated Batman. I thought Val Kilmer's Batman was solid. Batman Forever is okay. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not what Batman and Robin did where we almost right no having bad it wasn't movies George for Clooney, a long time. Yeah, I know, but Jim Carrey was great, and apparently Robin Williams was supposed to be the original Riddler before getting Jim Carrey. 
And Jim, I just saw Jim Carrey too the other. How about this? Like, if you ever, like, we, you, you, this is a question you get asked. It's like one of those, even at, even different, like, thinking people might ask you this at a job interview. It's like one of those questions that are out there, like, who would you have dinner with? Like, if you had three people to have dinner with, who would you choose to have dinner with? And he just had his, I guess, 62nd birthday or 52nd birthday. I forgot how old he is. But he just had his birthday, Jim Carrey, and that, they're calling it the Laugh Supper because there was like a, there's a great picture of like all of them. That's, if you could go to that dinner. It was like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. So Aaron Rodgers, sorry, you, I can't, you can't, you can't come. Um but it was like David Spade, uh, Howie Mandel. It was like just, it was nothing but like all these comedians. And I'm like, man, imagine having dinner for Jim Carrey's birthday and Adam, you know, like you're in between Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey. I mean, that's my childhood right there. What I want to know is like who out of that group is the one that keeps doing bits and entertaining all the other comedians? Yeah, probably Jim, I would think. Um, Bill Burr, yeah, Howie Mandel, Seth Green. Like, there's a couple of weird ones too in there. Like, Seth Green's in there. Um, trying to think who else. Oh, what's his name from uh, Craig? Uh, no, from uh, The Office. Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Adam Sandler. I, I mentioned David Spade, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Ross the. The the guy who's always at every single roast, Jim Ross. A couple of weird ones. But, man, that would be some dinner to be at. That would be some dinner to That's That's awesome. You see that? Picture? Looking at the picture now, it looks like Ben Schwartz is there, too. Ben Schwartz. Is that the guy? Which uh, Ben Schwartz is... Um, which one is Ben Schwartz? If you're looking at the picture, he's second from the left. Above Seth Green. Okay, yeah. So he, yeah, he's the guy from like um, the TV shows. Right? Well, he's on Parks and Rec. Parks and he's Rec. On Raphael. Right, yeah. He's in. He's and the, the guy, voice of Sonic and, in those movies. Right. And the guy above, the guy above Seth uh, Green on the other side is what's his name from like the, the Princess uh, Princess Bride, and he was in the original Saw. That looks like what's his name uh, from those movies. Carrie right? Elson. Yes. So there's a lot. I mean, that's an incredible party. That's an incredible party. That's a that's a party I would like to be at right there. Go to Jim Carrey's birthday party. Can you imagine? They're, they're probably nuts. The first comment that I see, I'm not logged in on this computer, so okay. they give you only like a preview. It says, why is Kimmel there? It's like a game uh, you have to play uh, what doesn't belong in the photo. Right. Melodrama and then a number. What are the chances that's a Rogers Burner account? Yeah, exactly right. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh yeah, he wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, so yeah, David Spade, Howie Mandel, Burr Burset, uh Bill Burr, Seth Green, Craig Robinson. Yep, and they called it the they took like a picture of all of them sitting at the table and called it the Laugh Supper. It's very funny. That's a dinner I'd like to be at, but you know who I would pick. If I could have a dinner with anyone, it would be Paul McCartney, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh my guys! No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if I put Kiefer in there. Living, he would, he might make it. That's how much I love 24. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty. You forgot Brian Cashman. Brian, oh Brian Cashman. Clearly, I feel like that's plausible though. I feel like some way, if Brian Cashman can hear me defend him night after night, somehow I might be able to swing that. I don't know if there's any way I can get Paul McCartney to have dinner with me. Plus, I ain't eating vegan. Not even for Paul McCartney. You got to give me a burger or something. I guess I could eat a salad for Paul. 877-337-6666. And yes, I've had salads before. I just put meat all over them. Bums always saying, I have a salad. That's like the it's the laziest fat joke of all time. The laziest fat thing of all time. Like in the comments, if you think you're gonna hurt my feelings with like uh when I say, you know, the Giants haven't had uh you know, the Yankees haven't been in World Series since 09. Yeah, and you haven't had a salad since 09. It's not funny. It's just not it's stupid. I mean it makes you chuckle a little bit, like he's laughing. What? I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm a fat guy too. Funny. It's not funny. It's, 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 it's lazy. Not. Be I, more creative than you haven't had a salad. Yeah, it's a little lazy. It's also Especially, not true. Yeah, I know. You I, eat nothing I eat but salad salads. seven days a week. I'm still fat ass. It has nothing to do yeah. with anything. Yeah, I have salads. I just smother it in Thousand Island dressing. 877-337-6666. Yeah, I'm not a big Thousand Island dressing either. Ranch, <laughs> I guess. Nah, it's disgusting. 
You don't like any creamy no. salad dressings? No, I don't. No, I don't. Really? I don't like creamy stuff. Like, I don't... Uh, well, no, listen, I'm out. The only one, the one that you can't, you get a wedge salad, you have to have blue cheese dressing. You I don't to. like blue cheese. Oh. Nor do I like creamy. Oh. What, is, I don't, what are you, nuts? I don't like it. You, you get a wedge salad with the, the, the real good. You go to a steakhouse and get a wedge salad with like the legit bacon. You have to get it with blue cheese. It's freaking delicious. I don't. Nor do I think I would ever go to a steakhouse and get a salad. I got to be fair. No, you got to get the wedge. That was what Carlos and I both just said, Marco. Thank yeah, you. I, I, I'm going to what? steakhouse and get a steak. Uh, I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. You see, now this is, no. you go to a nice Steakhouse. Uh-huh. One of the appetizers is the wedge salad. You got to so get wait, the wedge. Wait, 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 wait. Slow, slow down, you slow. got it all wrong. Crab cakes. No, wait, you got to get the wedge. I, That's I, part I, of it. Thank you with the crab cakes. I do like that. But I, now, I'm, now I'm curious because now, now I'm all over the place. Yeah. So you go to a steakhouse. Yes. And one of your appetizers yes. is steak. Wow. You said the wedge salad, and you said that's you put the, steak all the, over it? Well, no, no, that you don't put steak on. All right. I was, See, being, I was curious. I was being sarcastic ah, with the steak. All right. See, I was no. confused. I was going to say, you get a wedge, steak salad before you no. get a steak? Wedge is literally half a head of lettuce. I that they, you, fat ass. They take like a, you, just, you get like a big wedge of lettuce, and they put usually bacon and tomatoes are the two keys. Sometimes different places will have different things besides that. But the main key is a big, like a half a thing of lettuce that you got to cut in half. It's not ripped into pieces. It's just like half a thing. Like they cut the lettuce in half, put it on a plate, tomatoes, bacon, smothered in blue cheese. You go to a nice steakhouse, you get the wedge. Absolutely not. And, I'm, I'm pretty, and that sounds like iceberg lettuce, which I'm yeah. not. Yeah, no, come on. You're not even getting lettuce at that point. It's, Iceberg lettuce it's not cold, lettuce. It's cold. It's delicious with the hot bacon. You get the wedge. That's no. what you get at a fancy steakhouse. All right. That's now one ba- of the You know what? Now I'm back in on the eat a salad, you fat ass. Because yeah. that's if that's the salad you're eating, no wonder. That's well, a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's, that's not the problem. only salad I eat, but I'm a big... Yeah, listen, you get the wedge. Absolutely. You get the wedge salad. Pass. I, I Okay. I'm just telling you how... Well, I'm telling you what etiquette is. All right? You hard go pass. somewhere... You know when you're when you're interviewing for the the PD job and Olivero takes you out to dinner, and they you go to the fancy steakhouse, you get the wedge. Just tell me a little that. arugula. <laughs> I do love arugula. It's that little bit of pepperiness. I like it.